0: This is Charlie from Eat Sleep Elite, the wrestling podcast. This week I'm coming at you with a solo show. Good Brother Garrett is out for the week. He's kind of got some personal stuff going on, some family stuff and everything, so we're wishing the best for him. I'm going to bring you a solo show, so I hope everyone sticks around and appreciates it. I've never really done a solo show of wrestling. I've only covered like movies and usually a TV show review, so I guess it's kind of the same thing. Um, real quick, I want to do some house cleaning real quick. You can catch us on Twitter. You can catch me, O Charlie, with an X instead of an A. You can catch Garrett on Twitter at Bane Duke. Garrett's always streaming every week at The Duke of Derps. If you're interested in those TV or film reviews that we do with sports reviews, we'll have some draft content here shortly with good brother Brady. You can catch that on YouTube at Visoki Entertainment. So, yeah, let's get into this week. We had every single title in AEW defended this week. We also had. Just some overall big matches that have kind of been waging for weeks. Um, I'll get us the dark results in a minute here as well as the results of everything else. But first, I'm going to talk about my favorite of the week. And to no surprise, my favorite is the six man tag of Rampage main event, Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz, versus Danny Garcia, and two All right, just for starters, I love the uh, beginning of this. we We constantly talk about the Mark Henry intro. Garrett's not the biggest fan of it, but I, I personally do like it, and I, <laughs> I like how they just left this week and went to go beat their ass. Um, <laughs> that uh, that excited me. Um, other than that, I thought the match itself was great. Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia looked phenomenal against each other. Like these guys have some serious chemistry together, and I hope we see that week to week play out uh, more in their story. Um. But it looks like Daniel Garcia might be going for Sammy next, which is pretty interesting. But these guys, oh, man, this is just a fun match. When you think of AEW main events and you think of these six-man tags, this is kind of uh, the pinnacle of that in, in the sense of it's got your, your super fast-paced. Right out the gate, it's super fast-paced. They're telling a fun story. And it is it, it is a bit of a surprising winner because... Garcia and Dubuno have had their number, and honestly, I kind of thought they might have had it again. So that, wouldn't, that would not have surprised me in the slightest. I don't know about you guys, but that would not have surprised me in the slightest. Um, Jeff Parker always looks really good. Santana and Ortiz look phenomenal. And yeah, um, at the end of the match, Chris Jericho makes it to the ring. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Kingston versus Jericho at AEW Revolution is the way that they're going that would not surprise me however i don't know man i, I is is jericho going to be the heel in that maybe are they just going to be two faces that don't get along with each other I, i'm not sure that's something you know we'll have to keep a close eye on and yeah so that was my favorite this week this is probably going to be a shorter show you guys cuz I'm, I'm not used to doing shows myself to be honest so um Appreciate you guys sticking around. Let's run through the dark elevation and dark results real quick because the reason we run through those, I feel like they're important uh, to the storylines in AEW. AEW cares about them, so we'll show them the respect of uh, giving them a a, a weekly breakdown just in case you can't catch them. All right, on dark elevation, we had eight different matches. We had Riho picking up a victory in our first match, we had Andrade El Idolo in the second match picking up a victory with his submission. And then in our third match, we had Megan Bain and Layla Gray. And Megan Bain picks up her first victory in AEW. And she won with the Tombstone Piledriver. Felt like that was important to note. My guy, Scorpio Sky, in the fourth match, he picks up a victory. Scorpio Sky, I I would like to see a singles title on him in 2022. That is one of my wishes. Or perhaps the the six-man tag title. In our fifth match, we had the Dark Order. Alex Reynolds and John Silver with Brody Lee Jr. And those fellas picked up a victory with the Dark Order. We love the Dark Order here. And then in our sixth match, we have a debut. Former NXT superstar and PWG star, Mr. Jake Atlas, makes his debut against Sir Pentico. Personally, I'm a big fan of Jake Atlas. I love his story. I love the way he wrestles in the ring. And I'm glad now he's going to get an opportunity in AEW. And he wrestles again later this week, which is, I believe, a fun match that was cut short perhaps. But yeah, Atlas wins with his cartwheel DDT to pick up the victory over Serpentico. And as you guys know, we love putting over Serpentico here. He, he, he does his job and he does it well. <laughs> He's i I'll always be a fan of Serpentico. In our seventh match, we had sky blue picking up a victory. She's on a bit of a streak now. And in our main event, Jay lethal is back. So Jay lethal has been on dark twice now and rampage once. And Jay Lethal picks up a victory with a lethal injection over a fellow named Troy Hollywood. So, that was Elevation. Real quickly, I will hop into Dark. And Dark this week was at Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. To start us off, fun match. We had Alan Angel's Berta Lee Jr. versus Tony Neese. And I'm a little shocked by the winner. Um, this was a pretty good match, actually. I would have been perfectly cool if this was on Dynamite or Rampage. But instead we got a badass dark match and Tony Nice picks up the victory. Good for Nice. Nice uh moves to 7 and 1 in AEW. So AEW is putting some respect on Tony Nice and I actually really like that. I actually really enjoy the fact that he's got himself a spot in this company kind of already. And he's and it's in dark. That's kind of what we thought with Tony Nice when he first came is we were kind of thinking, yeah, he'll be in dark and he'll kick ass at it. In our second match, we had Anna Jay with Senara Conti and Brody Lee Jr. facing Dream Girl Ellie, and Anna Jay picks up a victory with her submission. So those again, Anna Jay looking great with the Gun Club in a six man tag, which they pick up a victory, still undefeated in six man tag. Excuse me, we had Marina Shafir uh, facing Valentina Rossi. Shafir back again. Shafir uh, wins v- via submission. So I wonder if Shafir is going to be. Signed, perhaps? Maybe maybe look look to that. That could be an option. We had Bobby Fish versus Risen Risen. He's 0-136, that fella. Bobby Fish picks up the vic- victory. Good for him. And then we had a bit of a storyline developing here. In our sixth batch, we had Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet in a six-man tag. Uh, facing Renee Michelle and a few others. Familiar with Renee Michelle myself. And yeah, so Statlander's team picks up the victory, but Statlander and Hirsch are not on the same page. They're shoving each other. Maybe this will be our next little side feud. I'm down with it. I was very impressed with Layla when she faced Jade. I feel like still to this day, that's one of Jade's best matches. Perhaps it was top this week. I don't know. We have the acclaimed coming out next, picking up a victory for themselves, boasting up that record. Jamie Hayter facing Matt Rankowski. Jamie Hayter with another victory. You guys, if you've been following the podcast or if you're new, We seem pretty sure that Jamie Hayter, I think they're either setting her up to turn Britt Baker face or to turn her face. And I could see that being the one to dethrone Britt Baker. And I don't know, man. 2022 off to a good start for her already now. So, hey. And then my favorite wrestler in AEW, Dante Martin, facing a fella named Chandler Hopkins. And Dante Martin picks up the victory. He picks it up with his nosedive. I'm always down with that. Sammy Guevara versus Ho-Ho Lou. I have not heard from Ho-Ho in a few while. He was in that Cruiserweight Classic a few years back in WWE, and I thought he did pretty good in that. But now Sammy picks up the victory here. And in our 11th match, Will Hobbs versus Colt Cabana with Brody Lee Jr. This is a good match. This is actually a very fun match. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised at Powerhouse Hobbs, but Winning this match, but at the same time, I'm pretty stoked about it. So he wins with uh, the torture rack. We have in our 12th match and the main event of the evening, Brian Pillman Jr. versus J.D. Drake with Cesar Bononi. I believe they are a part of the Wingmen. is that correct? I don't see it anywhere. But I believe they are a part of the Wingmen. And Brian Pillman Jr. picks up the victory. No surprise there considering he wrestles um, Malachi this week. And that's kind of a trend that you see with um, dark and dark elevation is the guys do end up quite often wrestling later in the week if they wrestled on dark elevation or dark. (laughs) That's something I really love that AEW does. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just to boost some records and sometimes it's to keep people, you know, on their toes. So, yeah, Um, we had I'm going to take us over to Dynamite now. And we kicked off Dynamite with the AEW World Championship match in Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. Again, this match kicked ass. This match got five stars from Meltzer, to no one's surprise. The only reason I didn't pick it as my favorite is because I felt like that'd be too easy. And I wanted to give a little credit to Daniel Garcia and 2.0 versus Eddie Kingston because I really liked what they're doing there. That's taking me off guard. Um, Yeah, so that being said, the AEW World Championship match this match was was awesome. Uh, this was just straight up good wrestling. Dare I say I liked it more than the match that they previously had. And this is Hangman Page's third five-star match in a row. So clearly Hangman Adam Page is on another level right now. Um, I thought it was bold to just kick off the show with this. Again, I love that Dynamite is not afraid to kick off the show with whatever the hell that they want to do. Um, some of the stuff that really stuck out, you know, Daniel put him on the label lock at one point, and then he gets catapulted outside of the ring, and then uh, Adam Page hits a moonsault. Thought that was a good sequence there. There was a couple others. His flying knee, the gotch-style pile driver that he hits. And the way that this match ends, um, Daniel puts Page in a leg lock. Page gets out of it by kicking out, and then he starts punching Danielson multiple times. He goes for the buckshot lariat again, and this time he hits it. So one shot with the buckshot lariat takes him out. That's, Hangman Adam Page is protected, man. And that move is protected. You know, he hit it last time, and he just wasn't able to get the pin. So, something interesting to follow. Again, we could talk forever about this match, but there was just so many good stuff. Mainly, I just want to talk about, like, Brian Danielson, you know, where does he go from here, right? You have to assume now that Hangman Adam Page is probably going to move on to the winner of the MJF and CM Punk feud, whenever that ends up happening. Or, I don't know, does that last until Revolution? I mean, they got two months to do this, and AEW is not afraid to blow off their storylines on Dynamites like this. And that's something I totally love and respect. Um, But, yeah, um, I'm trying to think here. Three commentators, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so after that match, the Acclaimer cutting a promo talking about Sting, and they'll be releasing a music video next week. My God, what the... I'm ready for that. (laughs) I am beyond ready for the acclaim to release a music video. We have MJF versus Captain Sean Dean. MJF handpicked this match, remember? And guess what? CM Punk runs down to the ring. MJF leads the ring. And CM Punk hits Captain Sean Dean with a GTS. The referee calls for the bell and Dean wins by disqualification. Holy shit, I did not expect that. And I kind of forgot... Like, I'm a little – AEW is really some of the only wrestling I've been watching that's in the States. And I have not seen a DQ in a while. And, oh, my God, that totally caught me off guard. I thought that was a genius way to have MJF start out the year 0-1 and then CM Punk's cutting that promo. Like, dude, if you want (laughs) to keep ducking me, you're going to keep losing like this. And I thought that was fucking great. I was really into that. He had a funny line of a main event night four of a buy one, get one extravaganza. And when he gets released, he'll be there to kick his ass. My God. Fun stuff after the week that WWE went through with cutting all <laughs> loads of cuts. This time, not just talent, it was people backstage, too. So, yeah. um, Chris, So, Sean Dean's starting out the year well. I wonder if they're going to do something with Dean here. He had a funny uh, tweet, too, about being one of the pillars in AEW and he uh, was replacing MJF. That got a pop on me. <laughs> Let's see. We also got Jericho's out there promoting dynamite. It's on TBS. He wrestled Booker T WCW Saturday night, smiles and thinks he's cheated. Jericho says he did not go out to save any kicks and he went out there to attack 2.0. And then he calls them Terrence and Phillip, which are South Park characters. Squarehead and Pinhead. You know, I see mixed reactions all the time on this, on Jericho's promos. So this one to me was just kind of whatever, right? I see a lot of people, though, not being fans of Jericho's current character and Jericho's current promos like this. Because, I mean, you do see the resemblance. I mean, two weeks ago, you know, he's calling Lambert fat face dipshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's still in my brain. That's, That's a fucking problem. And and I he's just going squarehead, pinhead. So to me, they're just kind of whatever. I don't like get super excited about them, nor do I really get super upset about them. So I'm kind of in that middle ground. I don't know where anyone else is. Maybe you guys are the same. But other than that, he was attacked by 2.0 Garcia, and Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz came down for the save, which we saw that kind of setting up our Rampage main event. Adam Cole then cuts a promo saying that he knows Kyle O'Reilly did not mean to kick him last week. Cole challenges newly signed Jake Atlas on AEW Rampage. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. Adam Cole versus Atlas. Two of my NXT boys that I was really into. I'm always down with that. We got Wardlow in a squash match. He uh squashes him with five power bombs. And then we move on to the AEW TBS Championship Finals. Jade Cargill with Smart Mark Sterling versus Ruby Soho. I just watched that Ethan Page uh, YouTube video with Smart Mark just buying the shit out of those alien figures and it uh, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Jade Cargill and Smart Mark now. <laughs> they're already one of my favorite duos. No, I'm more of a fan. Um, this match begins and you can see uh, Jade's daughter there and I immediately like, oh, this is where they're going. I, I started to get a little excited. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, is, this, is this the route? And Because we've been saying for weeks, Jade's either going to win this or she's going to lose in the final as her first loss. So to me, this match felt like it had good stakes. And it felt like it had big stakes. And I truly believed, I did not know which way it would go. Um, Jade does these little moves that make her look so much bigger than, like, a normal wrestler. She does like little moves that other people will do that, you know, just kind of seem like, ah, whatever. Jade's doing them, and they feel like they're impacting so much because she's so much bigger than the other women. And that can only work to her advantage. Um, we get a little Mercedes Martinez shenanigans with Thunderosa, and you know, they start fighting off screen. We get our picture in picture. AW's really gotten better at the picture in picture and commercial breaks on like a couple weeks ago. And yeah. S- so, long story short, Soho went for the pin, Jade kicked out, Soho had a shoulder uh, breaker and a pump kick to kick Jade with a Sato suplex, and then Mark Sterling with the distraction sending, sending uh, Sterling to the back. Ruby hits her no future and goes for the pin, Jade kicks out, and the competitors are on the ropes, and Jade hits the jaded on the second rope. Jade pins Ruby Soho to become the first ever TBS champion. So... I don't think this was the biggest shock, but I also think a lot of people can feel like this is the culmination of either book your, booking yourself in a corner or the culmination of trying to build a new star. And I've seen both sides of the argument. I, I can I can agree with kind of both sides in a way. Now, myself, personally, I seem to be aligning with the sense of you kind of had to do this. If you weren't going to flip Brit face or flip Jade face, which Jade face would not make sense yet. If you weren't going to do that, having Jade win this title, I think that's a good start for the title, A. And B, this kind of proves that they're not afraid to make these brand new stars like Jade and really run with it. Now she went a month in the in the tournament without wrestling a match, which was kind of funny. But I mean, hey, they, I think they made it work. So real quick, we're just going to do a quick um, analysis of the tournament itself, kind of how we felt it played out, how the matches went. And, you know, we started off the tournament with 12 different wrestlers. Four of them had buys. And our tournament final four, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Nala Rose, Ruby Soho, I think made the most sense. If it wasn't going to be Statlander, I was cool with Solo or Soho. Now, something I want to point out: only one of these matches went sub five minutes in the entire tournament, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches went above ten minutes. Eleven went damn near it. I love that. I I felt like the matches in this tournament actually felt like matches. Now I'll do a slight comparison to the, the the Queen tournament that I know WWE had because when we When we were hearing about that, we were kind of looking into it like, oh, God, these matches are like sub two minutes almost. You know, Shayna Baszler, phenomenal wrestler. She's getting a two-minute match in this tournament. It's like this, to me, I will say I felt like it was a successful tournament. I will give the tournament the thumb of approval, even though for me it doesn't really mean shit. But I felt like this was a good tournament. This was a good champion. The results made sense. You built feuds out of this tournament. Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb are still going at it. It looks like Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez are now starting a feud. And we had um, uh, Penelope Ford and the bunny. They both took L's, but they both got pissed off. And then they kind of continued that feud with Anna Jay and Conti. So if you go back to the first episode of this podcast or around the first, we were talking about, hey, AEW's women's division, you have all these wrestlers, but it seems like our only feud is for the title. And right there, we have about five or six feuds now, including the title one. And it feels like they all are making sense. And I'm curious who Jade's going to face next. It it would look to be maybe a rematch with Ruby. That could make sense. But, I mean, we'll just have to see how it all plays out, right? So the tournament lasted about three months, and I think it was a success. We will move on now to Jim Ross interviewing Serena Deeb. Speaking of that, and Serena Deeb is talking about her feud with Akaro Shida, and she told Tony Khan she demanded a match with Shida. Hey, I'm down. Their last two matches have been great, Um, especially the tournament match I loved, and especially the most recent one. So I am down. Brian Pillman Jr. versus Malachi Black. He's out there with Julie Hart, and she's got an eye patch thought that was pretty cool looking. And I thought Brian Pillman had shaved his head there for a minute there. I thought he was walking out with like a straight up mullet. thought that was pretty good. I saw people online talking about maybe Pillman got a little bit too much offense in this. Eh, I don't see it. I still think they're trying to build up Pillman to be, you know, perhaps in the TNT Championship talk. Maybe in 2022. Or perhaps seeing him win something like a Casino Battle Royale to, you know, go for a title. Right. I think that's where they're going with Pillman eventually. So I don't mind him getting offense in on Malachi like this. I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought the match was perfectly fine. I. Where they go next again. I don't know. Is this the end? Maybe. He walked over towards Julia Hart. We see the Lucha Bros come out. Malachi leaves the ring. So. Hey. Where they go with that. I don't know. Now. Let's get into the AEW World Tag Team Championship, which main evented Dynamite. And if you didn't see Dynamite, you're like, oh my God, this show was fucking loaded. Yes, it was. (laughs) So Jurassic Express is facing the Lucha Bros. The Jurassic Express is out there with Christian. And a couple weeks ago, Christian said, if it's the last thing I do, I want Jurassic Express to get tag team gold. My God, Christian, they got tag team gold. The Jurassic Express wins this match. Um, Overall, I thought this match was phenomenal. Um, towards the end of it, uh, Luchasaurus chokeslammed Phoenix to a table. And Phoenix landed really horribly. No one really know w- what happened. People just assumed he broke his arm. But it sounds like he didn't, which is good. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he pulls through. Um, Phoenix is one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet, without a question. So, again, I'm obviously hoping he's all right. This match was fast and furious. Nothing As, as we'd expect with these guys. Um, Phoenix walking the tight rope always gets me Phoenix and jungle boy. Great chemistry. Penta and Luchasaurus had great chemistry. Um, overall, I'm very happy for the Lucha, the Lucha, Jesus, Jurassic express to win this title. <laughs> I was trying to say Luchasaurus express. I'm like, no, oh, that's not right. Um, I'm excited for this. So this is back to back kind of, uh, you could say title changes because one went from vacant and one went from a uh, wrestler's. So, I just want to do a quick analysis of the Lucha Bros title reign. When they won the match at all out, everyone was like, oh my god, this is just nuts. However, it felt like that title reign took a long time to really get rolling. And then it stalled out a little bit over the FTR thing. Now, this is, this is where they defended their belts. So, they won the title September 5th. September 15th, they had a sub-10-minute match against the Butcher and the Blade on Rampage that I think was perfectly fine. We all agreed at the time. You know, the Butcher and the Blade, they're good enough, and Lucha Bros are great to work with anyone. So I thought they made it work. So that was just kind of a thrown-together match. October 6th, again, just kind of thrown-together a tag-team championship match. Lucha Bros defeated the Acclaimed in 5 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, I remember thinking at the time, like, huh, we, we were kind of, it's like, you know, this is good for the acclaimed. This is kind of what they're doing with rampage. They want to get these title matches, this and that. And then they started to move into the full gear or the, uh, the FTR little feud that they have, which is kind of really, is it fair to say that was really the only feud that they had with the titles? Now, in three different matches, one of the matches was for the AAA tag team titles. The Lucha Bros lost to uh, a surprise team at the hands of Andrade, which was, of course, FTR and Frog Suits. And that was a pretty quick match. It was pretty good, but we were all like, okay, let's see where this goes from here. Um, at full gear, the Lucha Bros defeated FTR in a pretty good match, 18 minutes, 37 seconds. Actually, a really good match. And we were like, okay, we're starting to pick up some feud. Pick up some steam. Maybe it's maybe one more match. Maybe we'll move on. We'll get one more match um a month later at Rampage. And the Lucha Bros defeat FTR yet again. And then that's it. That was their last title match. And then that was what what did we say? December December 8th, flash forward to, uh, what was it? Well, today's January 9th. So, flash forward to January. Their next title match, they lose to Jurassic Express in a feud that really wasn't all that built up. So, 122-day title reign. Three defenses on Rampage. The other defenses at full at the pay-per-views. I don't know. I don't think this was the best title run we've seen in AEW. I don't know what they could have done better. Maybe it was an Audible. Phoenix got hurt. They didn't, they were scared. Maybe they, they pulled an audible. That's always possible. Either way, I'm happy they were champions. I'm happy now Jurassic Express is champions. AEW's had six different tag team champions now. And the Lucha Bros ranked in at the uh the third longest behind. Adam Page and Kenny Omega, and the longest was the one that they got it from, which is the Young Bucks. So, look, I mean, they can't always be perfect, right? So, I'll take that for what it is. Um, In a thumbs-up, thumbs-down world, Dynamite obviously gets a thumbs-up from me. We'll fly through Rampage really quickly because I've already covered the, the main event of that. During Rampage, we have Adam Cole versus Jake Atlas. This was a very fun match. I think it ends early because Jake Atlas gets hurt and Adam Cole wins right when they were about to uh, start attacking Atlas. Orange Cassidy music hit, and then he's out there with Yuta and Chuck Taylor. So I'm assuming we're going to see another six man from that. And that's not done yet. Um, Adam Cole is number one in the AEW rankings. Good the note. After the match, they announced that Cody Rhodes is not cleared for Saturday night's battle of the belts, in North Carolina. Instead, they revealed Dustin Rhodes will take his place. So Dustin versus, uh, Sammy Guevara for the interim TNT title. Hope Cody's doing all right. Health protocols, we all usually assume that means one thing right now. So hope he's doing all good. Tony Schiavone backstage to interview Andrade Alito and he states he has a problem with Darby Allen, and that's why he went out and distracted Allen and Sting which allowed the acclaimed to attack them. We get Hook for Aaron Solo. Hook grabs him and tosses him like a ragdoll. He throws multiple punches. Hook is over. This is the Hook's third match and he's looking great each time. Hook gets the victory, and it sounds like they're setting up QT Marshall versus Hook. So, hey, let Hook keep running through these guys. Although those guys are heels, so maybe they're a low-key flipping Hook around. I'm cool with that. Rick Starks then says he will defend the FTW title against Matt Seidel at Battle of the Belts. Get a quick drink of my Zevia Cola. Move on to Riho and Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hader. This is, of course, just kind of Mixing feuds, if you will, because Britt Baker's wrestling on the next night. This match is going pretty good. It's a good match. Riho and Ruby Soho pick up the victory. I'm assuming to give Riho a little bit more momentum. Um, Hater punches Baker by accident. Remember what we talked about earlier? I'm t- uh, there's something there, man. There is something there. There's something going on. I'm down with it. Jamie Hader might just be the one. Might. Just be the one. We get a promo from Dan Lambert with the men of the year. And they say they're tired, tired of Cody Rhodes kissing Tony Khan's ass. And maybe it's Tony Khan who is kick, kissing the executive's ass at TBS. Mark Henry then goes on to interview and all that happens. So, yeah. We already talked about the main event. Rampage is pretty good. And the thumbs up, thumbs down world, I give it the thumbs up. And then since we had another show this week, I'll real quickly run through Battle of the Belts. I think Battle of the Belts had a lot of changes to it, <laughs> but they still made it work. Unfortunately, I had I didn't record it, so I had to watch it off YouTube. <laughs> I forgot to set my DVR for it. My DVR on YouTube TV, that is. Uh, we kick it off with the interim TNT title match, the natural Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Um, Yep, yeah, this was a good match. This was, this was a good match. There was a funny points with Arn holding the gun. Fuego brings out the table. Um, Rhodes hitting a code red. What the, f- Dustin Rhodes, man, he continues to amaze me. Seriously, he hits the Canadian destroyer, the code red. He hits the crossroads. All in all, Rhodes and Guevara shake hands and hug each other, and Rhodes leaves the ring. So Sammy celebrates, and we see Daniel Garcia getting the ring and into Sammy's face. Daniel Garcia versus Sammy Guevara, probably on the uh, the next Rampage. Seems to be the TNT title and stuff. Kind of Rampage has been very consistent with having a big main event. So I'm cool with this new interim champion. Maybe we wait until, I don't know. I don't know when they do Cody versus Sammy again. But this was the right move. So is is Sammy technically a two-time TNT champion now? Is that how that works? I don't know. Someone would have to tell me. Or do they not count it as a second reign? Either way, maybe if he beats Cody for the actual title, they start counting it. Maybe that's how it works. Either way, we, we, uh, oh, actually, they challenged him to a match on Wednesday. That's right. Never mind. Good call. Good call. Um, so yeah, Ricky Starks faces Matt Seidel for the FTW championship. Um, this is kind of why I feel like they threw a lot of stuff together here. Like, I don't think this was intended. So maybe the tag title, I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, Ricky Starks out there with Powerhouse Hobbs. Starks looks great. Seidel looks great. These guys work good together. Um, Starks picks up the victory, of course. And then after the match, Starks and Hobbs attack Seidel, but Lee Moriarty comes out to try and save Seidel. Lee gets beaten down until Dancia Martin clears the ring. He sends Hobbs out of the ring with a shotgun dropkick. So, Matt Seidel, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Leo Rush are kind of all involved in a team together, but they're just not together yet. If that ends up being a group, holy shit, count me in. Um, That would be awesome. So, let's get to our main event, which was the AEW Women's Championship match, Riho versus Dr. Britt Baker. This is a pretty good match. Um, Dr. Britt Baker picks up the victory. Um there was a moment with the Northern Light Suplex where you know a lot of people thought Riho might actually do this. She hit the crucifix bomb and then the Northern Light Suplex, Break kicks out, and then she put the lockjaw on. So Britt Baker finally beats Riho. I think this was actually for for the story, I think it made the most sense for Britt to win this. I would have been shocked if they just straight up put it on Riho. And they kept repeating over and over how Brit has never beaten Riho. So for the, in terms of the story, I, I really loved the result. Um, I thought the match was perfectly fine. wasn't the greatest match we've ever seen, and it, but it wasn't bad. It was a perfectly fine match. All in all, I think Battle of the Belts. My gut says there was a lot of changes compared to what they originally intended. But I think they made it work. It was a fun Saturday night hour. It was a fun little show. We had every single title defended this week. Quite literally every single title. So, yeah. Um, Other than that, we don't really have much uh, noted for next week right now. Because AEW is kind of on a fresh slate right now. Myself, I'm very curious what they're going to do with Hangman, Danielson. CM Punk is facing Wardlow, which will be pretty good. And yeah. I'm curious if we see more names come in. We we've seen Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez past two weeks. Kyle O'Reilly the week before. Loading up with talent, loading up with a bunch of shit. Let's see where the Layla Hirsch thing goes. Let's see who challenges Jade. Um again. You can catch me on Twitter at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. You can catch Garrett on Twitter at Bane Duke. You can also catch Garrett streaming at the Duke of Derps. We have a YouTube channel together with our friend Brady where we cover uh, movies, TV, some reviews here and there. Um, the next review out will be Cobra Kai Season 4. Following the movie review of Scream next week. Pretty excited for that. The movie looks pretty good. But yeah, guys. This is a uh, first time doing a show alone in a long time. First time ever doing a wrestling show alone. So... Um, if you guys actually stuck around this entire time, I appreciate it so much. We appreciate all the love on the podcast. We see where everyone you know views it from and whatnot. And like like we've shouted out before with France, you know we have a, a massive viewer base in France. So if you're if you're one of them, hey, we appreciate it. Um, expect the podcast back next week on Sunday. Usually around the night times when it'll when it'll be out. But yeah, hope uh, love for our brother Garrett everything else. And yeah, thank you. Catch you soon.